know, we put our hope in a lot of things. We hope for a lot of things. Um, and God has been so good. God has been so good, and we have so many reasons for hope. In fact, as followers of Jesus, we should actually be the most hopeful people on the planet. We should be the most hopeful people on the planet, and not many people have hope these days. Today, there are a lot of people looking for hope. In fact, I think there may be some of us here and some of us joining us online that, that maybe that question has maybe resonated with you for the last uh, minute or so while that video is playing is it because maybe you're, you're wondering where you place your hope and, and how you might place your hope. And, you know, a lot of us have a, a jaded hope. A lot of us have a conditional hope, um, meaning if these circumstances happen, then I will have hope. But a lot of times we fall into this, what I, what I like to call this hope-so hope, where we hope this is going to happen and, and then we'll have hope. And we slip into that. All of us slip into that. We struggle with that. You know, Christianity is, uh, is the largest organization on the planet. I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way, but it, but it really is. It started from 12 people, and now you're looking at about 2.5 billion people on earth today that would claim to be, uh, to be followers of Jesus. Um, one out of three people on average would claim that they're followers of Jesus. So how did that happen? How does that happen? Well, let me, let me say this. As we're here celebrating Easter and we're celebrating the resurrection, that was built on the back of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was absolutely built on that. No other event in history has split history the way in which this one has. By extension of the calendar, your birthday is what it is because of the resurrection of Jesus. It, it just is. Unfortunately, though, the story of the resurrection for a lot of people is just that, a story. But make no mistake, it's not just a story. This is an event. This is a historical fact in terms of the, the, the things that we know from, from writings of, of antiquity and, and ancient history and, and the proof and evidence that there is there for the resurrection of Jesus. He was dead and is now alive. Please just think about that statement for a minute. I know that it's, it's said a lot. We've sung about it a lot and, and, and all of those things. But like, take, take a step back for just a second in your own mind and think about that. He was dead, 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 and is now alive again and is coming back for us one day. And when, when, you, when you look at the crucifixion, when you look at what happened, if you really look into what goes into a crucifixion, and I'm not going to get into that today, but when you look at that, if you look at that and tell me that this is somebody that could be resuscitated, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. If you would truly look at that, the answer would be a resounding no. Resuscitation is not resurrection. And Jesus was resurrected from the grave. He was not resuscitated. We hear many stories, and you've seen stories and probably videos on Facebook and such of people who have, you know, I, I, was, I was dead for a few minutes and, and I saw a light and all of those things and, and, and all of that. And, you know, 20 minutes is one thing. Three days in a grave completely wrapped up. I mean, you can take all those books and all those stories and throw them in the garbage when compared to what Jesus did. Because there's never been anything like it in history. There's never been anything like it. No, no human being uh, has, been, has not been affected by the resurrection of Jesus. I don't care if you're here and you're the biggest skeptic in the world. You're the biggest staunch atheist that there has ever been. 
or you're, you know, maybe the complete other side of that. Every single person has been affected by the resurrection of Jesus, whether you like it or not. That's the truth. It has affected you, and it will affect you. Ephesians 1.7, Paul wrote this, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Our redemption, as he talks about here, implying a price to be paid, and we are set free. We are set free only through his death in our place are we set free. Because of that, we have forgiveness, and ultimately we have hope. And hope is something that we all want. Hope is something that we all need. And while we are coming out of this pandemic, um, whatever that means, and there is still a level of uncertainty for a lot of us, um, you know, is everything going to be okay? Uh, you know, how, how's this going to turn? Are we really heading back to normal, whatever <laughs> back to normal truly means? Is the vaccine really going to work? Um, we, we have so many questions, so many levels of uncertainty and all of that. This verse, this is a matter of fact. This verse is a definitive statement about the hope that we have in the promises of God. The Bible is full of them. The Bible is full of them. In fact, as I mentioned, the, as believers, we should have more reasons for hope than anyone. And we do have reasons for hope because of the resurrection of Jesus. And that's what I want to look at today. I want to look at reasons the resurrection gives us hope. If you have your Bible app, uh, you can certainly follow along. If you're watching online, you can, you can jump into the Bible app uh, and look for Connect Church in Akron, Ohio, and you can follow along with my notes here. Or if you have your, your physical Bible, I'm going to be um, jumping around uh, quite a bit today, but, uh, so it might be better to follow in the Bible app or you'll be flipping a lot. Um, but at the same time, I want you to see in God's Word the reasons for hope that we have. Because I want to talk about some reasons that, that affect all of us, that affect all of us, follower or not, skeptic or seeker, regardless of where you are. As we saw in the video, people are hoping for a lot of things. We are hoping for a lot of things, but in Jesus, there are reasons for hope. There are reasons for hope that go way beyond things and way beyond stuff. And so I want to look at some of those things. And the first one I want to look at is, again, one that affects all of us, and it's huge, and it's this. We have been completely forgiven. We have been completely forgiven. Completely. That, that is a, that's a big, big part of this. Forgiveness is something that we all want. Forgiveness is something that, we, that we're all looking for. But to really say someone is completely forgiven Jesus said over and over again that he was going to die for our sins and come back to life. And the two of those things go together. The two of those things go together. The first doesn't matter without the second part. Look at this verse in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. Paul writes this, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of of sins. We have all sinned. We all feel shame for things that maybe we feel guilty of. But you know what? We waste a lot of time on guilt. We waste a lot of time on feeling guilty, don't we? We waste a lot of time on it. But in him, we are completely forgiven. Jesus was hung on the cross 
so that you could stop hanging yourself on the cross. A lot of us do that. That's what the Bible says, and that should give us hope. That should give us hope. You can't find forgiveness like this anywhere else, which means you also can't find hope like this anywhere else. But through Jesus, here's another reason. We are not afraid to die. As followers of Jesus, we are not afraid to die. Now, you may be afraid of the way in which you, you may die. That's a little bit different. You know, I, I have a saying I like to say, you know, no pain, no pain. Um, and so there's that. But, but in terms of what's going to happen after that, I'm not afraid because I know for 100% sure where I'm going to be. Jesus broke the power of death and the fear of death with the resurrection. And so we're not afraid because we have confidence in the event of the resurrection. He didn't come back to life for you to not have confidence. He, he came back to life in the fact that so that we can know for sure where we're going to spend eternity. If he didn't, think about this, you, would have, you wouldn't know that there is life after death. You, you could guess at it maybe, but if he would have just died and that was it, just like every other false prophet that's lived and claimed that they were going to come back to life, Jesus actually did it. And that fact gives us hope. Look at John eleven twenty five. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And that gives us hope. As followers of Jesus, we should have hope. He was alive for 40 days and walked to this earth for 40 days, 40 days worth of eyewitnesses, well over 500 eyewitnesses to him being alive and walking around physically, not just some you know, manifestation or something along those lines. No, he was physically there and many, many people saw him. Look at this, uh, look at what John, uh, I'm sorry, Paul wrote here in this next passage in 1 Corinthians. He says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried and was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the 12. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. And, and these eyewitnesses, this is corroborated in other uh, ancient texts and, and other historical books outside of the Bible. And it's an incredible thing. If, if somebody came in here today and they were like, hey, I was at Starbucks and I saw Justin Bieber, and one person said that, that's one thing. But if everybody came in here and hey, said, hey, as I went through, I saw, I, I saw Justin Bieber, I saw this guy, don't ask me why I picked Justin Bieber, forgive me. But <laughs> you know what I mean. You see somebody that's famous that everybody knows, and if a couple people say it, it's one thing. If 500 people are saying it, you're like, okay, you're not even questioning whether he was there or not. You're just questioning maybe uh, the, the context and the frame of, of mind in which the person that's telling you this and, and what they saw and how they saw it. Um, we've got over, there over 500 people, as it says, saw, saw him walking around, and that was just at one time. In a court of law, as I mentioned before, you only need three eyewitnesses before we're even done talking about an event. The other thing that's incredible about this is the change that you see in the disciples. 
the change that you see in those that, that walked with him. They had courageous confidence after the resurrection. They had contagious hope. They were eyewitnesses. They saw it all happen. And not being afraid of what's coming after death gives us hope. And it gives us hope in this life now. Paul wasn't afraid. The guy that wrote this, the Apostle Paul, the government knew that he wasn't afraid. He said to live as Christ and to die as gain. And so this is a guy who was reaching people and, and speaking to people and, and, and reaching people for Jesus and, and, uh, and getting people to, to follow uh, the, you know, the way, as it was called. And, and the government was trying to stop him. They, they would um, arrest him. They would beat him. They would throw him in jail, yet he was still writing, yet he, the people in the jails were still um, being saved and, and coming to, to Jesus, and, and they're like, well, we're going to kill you, and he's like, Pfft. like, what do you do with a guy like that? He's like, okay, to live as Christ, to die is gain. Go for it. You know, when it's my time, it's my time. That, what do you do with a guy like that? that that's, that's somebody whose who's hope is, is in an incredible place whose hope and his confidence is beyond anything. Let me give you another reason. Another reason is that we have his spirit in us. As followers of Jesus, we have his spirit in us. You have the love, power, and spirit of God that helps you through, through things that you can't do on your own. And boy, do we try. Boy, do we try to do it on our own. Maybe some of you have heard people say this or maybe you've said this over the last 12 months or something along these lines where you've heard somebody or you've said something along the lines of, I'm out of gas. I don't know if I can do this anymore. I'm just, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm beat. I'm tired of this. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. We've all maybe been in that place during the, these last few months. But you know what? When you have God's spirit living inside of you, when you have his spirit inside of you, then, then it's not your power that you need to worry about. It's not your power because you have the power of God. Acts 1.8, Jesus said this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Having his power, his spirit inside of us should give us hope. We try to do it on our own power, but it never really works out, does it? It never really works out. Why? I'll tell you why. Because God never intended you to go through life on your own power. God never intended for you to go through life on your own power. You cannot fulfill your purpose unless you're plugged into God's power. Any more than a toaster can if it's not plugged into the wall. You can look at it and tell me what it can do and all of that stuff. That's great. But if it's not connected to the power that it needs to be connected to, you're just going to continue to have bread. It can't fulfill its purpose without being connected to the power that it needs, and neither can you. Yet we try to do it on our own. Ephesians 1, 19 through 20 says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Do you see that? This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead is living in you, is living in me, as if we are followers of him. 
His spirit, spirit of God can raise Jesus from the dead. And if his spirit can raise a dead Jesus, then he can raise a dead marriage. If his spirit can raise a dead Jesus, he can raise a dead career. If his spirit can raise a dead Jesus, he can raise a dead dream. He can do anything in your life. His spirit can do anything in your life. The power to start over and to change things because you can't do it on your own. We can't do it on our own. The power to be free from our past. Start over when you get to a place of wanting to give up. That should give us hope. That brings us hope because of the resurrection of Jesus. The disciples themselves moved from hopeless to hopeful. They moved from fearful to courageous. And I wonder how many of us walked in here today or turned on the live stream today and you, you feel like you're in a place of hopelessness. You feel like you're in a place of, of fear. Can I just say that the spirit of God and the power of God in and through you can move you from a place of fearful to hopeful in an instant. Doesn't mean everything is gonna be better instantly. But that hope that we have in Jesus, then it's not on you. Then it's not on you, it's on him. And that brings me to another point. Another reason that the resurrection gives us hope is because God will never stop loving us. We try to tell ourselves, oh, I've done this, I've been bad, I've done these things. This is another part of you being chained up by your past and chained up by the things that we've done and trying to be good enough. But you know what? God has never made a person he doesn't love. Do you hear me? God has never made a person he doesn't love. His love is based on who he is, not who you're not. It's based on who he is, not who you're not. Probably the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16 through 17. Look at really what this says in the context of what we're talking about. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. A lot of times verse 17 isn't, isn't mentioned, but I think it all goes together really, really well. <laughs> God wants you to know his love. God wants you to be transformed by his love. It will transform you. And then God turns hate into love. God turns bigots into gentle people. God transforms people in amazing ways. When God's love hits you, it changes you. It changes you. Let me ask you this. Does your life look any different? Does your life look any different? And if it doesn't, then you don't know him. Someone as big as God cannot come into your life and it not change you. It can't not change you. John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus said this, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Here it is. 
By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. God's love is so big that it should be spilling out of us. His love is so big that it should be spilling out of us. And you know, after the resurrection, millions of people began to follow Jesus. Millions of people did. Did you know that it was actually illegal for the first 300 years of Christianity to be a Christian? For the first 300 years or so. Why would people sign up for this? Because of the hope. Because of the hope of the resurrection. Christians, they were fearless in the face of death. And still to this day, over the last 10 years, on average about 90,000 people that we know of have died for their faith who have been persecuted and killed worldwide. That's, that's a little over a million in the last 10 years. Persecution still happens. In fact, we have two missionaries that are on the wall out there if you want to go peek at them and pray for them. One in Kenya and one in China, and I can't tell you their name. Because if I did, it would put them at risk from potentially being killed where they are serving the Lord right now. It's still happening. It's still happening. And so why? Why, why am I a Christian? Because of the hope. Because there is more to this life than the here and now. We have hope because of the things that we've looked at, and there are many more. But these were the main things that we've looked at. And the resurrection proves, hear me, that death is not the end. Death is not the end. And so my connection point for this morning is actually another reason for hope because of the resurrection, and it's this. It's this. We have hope because we have an eternal home waiting for us. We have hope because we have an eternal home waiting for us. We will spend so much more time on the other side of this. Eternity is a lot longer than here. A lot longer than here. Yet we focus so much on the stuff that we think matters in the here and now, on this side of it. I'll say it again, we should have more hope than anyone else on the planet. And our goal should be to bring as many people with us to heaven as we can. And when we share the true hope of Jesus that we have living inside of us, it should be contagious, it should make us courageous, it should make us fearless. And my prayer is that each and every one of us here watching online, that we can have that confidence today. That you can have that confidence today. Look at what Jesus said here. In John 14, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. I think some of us walked in here today, turned the live stream on today with troubled hearts. Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. Do you hear that? There is more than enough room. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? 
Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. You know, whatever you came in here hoping in, is it Jesus? Is it Jesus? Our ultimate hope should be in him. Our ultimate hope should be in him. And I am betting my life that Jesus, who rose from the dead, is not a liar. What are you betting your life on? See, we have hope because we have an eternal home waiting for us. Do you have that hope? Do you know for sure that you have that hope? Will you bow your heads with me? We have so many reasons for hope as followers of Jesus. And if you walked in here feeling hopeless and fearful, know that God loves you so much and he created you to be with him. He came and died and rose from the grave as we celebrate today because he loves you so much. And our sin, the things that we do that disappoint God and that, and that separate us from him, that's exactly what they do. They separate us from God and there's nothing we can do about it to cover it up. We can't do good, any, anything good enough to remove our sin. That's why Jesus came. He paid the price for you and for me so that we could have hope. And it's for anyone and everyone. And that is, everyone means everyone. And you can have life that lasts forever and, and it can start right now. If, you've, if you're not 100% sure, can I, just, can I just ask you if you would be willing to put your trust in Jesus? Just pray to yourself, quietly maybe, but from your heart to the Lord. You just say something along these lines, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need you and I can't save myself. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and thank you for raising from the grave. And I pray that you would save me today. Forgive me, come into my life and be my savior. And if you said something along those lines, Welcome to the family of God. I would love to, to pray with you and, and talk with you today after. You can either meet me at the orange wall or, or here down front. For those of you watching online, you can, you can maybe comment in the chat. You can go to connectchurch.xyz slash next and find out more. It's an amazing day. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the hope that we have in you. Lord, we have so many reasons for hope because of the resurrection of Jesus. And Lord, we praise you, we worship you today, we celebrate today because of what you've done for us. And God, I pray that if there is one here that, that's maybe still not sure and, and, and they're not sure if they actually wanna take that step, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would continue to work in their life, they would get their questions answered, that they would be able to move forward and know for sure that they're gonna be with you one day. Lord, for those of us that do follow you, help us to remember the hope that we have, the reasons for hope that we have in you because the enemy loves to use the things of this world to get us down 
and to pull us down and to distract us and pull us away from the hope that we have. Father, we celebrate today because you have conquered death, hell, and the grave, and it is a glorious day. We continue to worship you and praise you now. In your name we pray, amen.